It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Open at them. Rise and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. What's up, my nerds? Nerds! I work with a bunch of nerds. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. Welcome to the Back Row Morning Show, part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm Radio Matt, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm home alone. I'm home alone now as well. Uh, not just Mo, and uh, neither of us are in the studio. I'm in my uh, makeshift home studio that I threw together, and uh, I'll, I'll explain more of that at the end of the episode, uh, but we are the exclusive official morning show for LTN Radio. Nearly all of Love Thy Nerd shows and podcasts air on LTN Radio first, and you'll also find an amazing mix of Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie all week long. That's right. So if you're listening to our show on podcast, you're late and you're missing out on all we have to offer. Check out LTNOnAir.com or download the Live 365 app, search and favorite LTN Radio. Today on the show, Mo and I are dissecting Dax's 2020 hit, Dear God. It was a controversial rap song, but took a lot of deep deep looks into struggles that people have with God, with the idea of religion and Christianity, and we take it line by line. But first, today is Tuesday, January 19th, 2021, and we've got at least one holiday to celebrate today. It's National Popcorn Day, and I'm not a big popcorn guy, honestly. You know, I tend to save it for the movies, and as we've said, I'm, I'm the jerk at the movie theater that doesn't let my wife or kids eat any popcorn until the, at least the previews start. But I'm also the jerk that makes them show up to the movie half an hour before the preview starts so we can get a good seat and we don't, you know, we're not late by some mysterious accident. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I guess popcorn is a is a treat in my mind. You know, it's something that you don't have all the time. And I know a lot of people have, like, just pantries full of popcorn. But, uh, no, we get that. We, we'll, get the, we'll get the tin at Christmas. We'll get one tin of the caramel and the butter and the cheese popcorn. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, it's just it's a rarity. I enjoy it, but it's just it's a rarity. Maybe I'll have some today. Maybe you should too. But now that that's out of the way, let's take Dax's Dear God line by line. Here we go. I just want to make this clear. I am a believer. But sometimes it gets hard. My name's Dax. Dear God. Dear God. There's a lot of questions that I have about the past And I don't want to hear it from a human you made it So you're the last person that I'm ever gonna ask Tell me what's real, tell me what's fake Why is everything about you a debate? What's the point of love? Every time I showed it I was broken and it's forced me All to right, So last life. week a new music video from the rapper Dax Hit the secular music scene and it quickly got trending and spread virally Across the internet and YouTube uh, I've seen a few other of his songs uh, And he reminds me a lot of NF uh, Do you agree with that? Like, you listen to the song. I don't think he reminds me of NF. He doesn't? See, he does to me. I, and it might be more in the other songs uh, that I heard. Because uh, he really wears his heart on his sleeve in his lyrics, like NF does. Uh, and that, 
that genuine like struggle uh, vibe in a song is is appealing to people that you know mm-hmm. struggle. Uh, but Dax is a different artist in the way he uh, in that he does you know he's a secular artist he does secular music uh, his music is very explicit um, but uh, this song Dear God is written from the heart of someone who obviously believes in God which is evident in his other songs as well that aren't focused on faith matters uh, but someone who has a lot of questions many of which. I believe have answers, which we're kind of gonna gonna examine uh, over the course of this week, little by little, uh, the next three days, uh, by going through the lyrics to this song. Uh, the purpose behind this isn't to mock Dax for having questions; quite the opposite. Uh, it's to help anyone who might be having the same questions, maybe understand a little bit of the answers. Uh, now, right off the bat, I'll say that Dax is uh, black, and therefore some of the issues in the songs are directly tied to race. Uh, if we feel that we can comment on those, we will, but some of those are aspects that just might be out of our wheelhouse. Uh, so we'll be focusing mainly on the faith aspects of the song. Uh, this is something new for us, something we haven't really done, but we are a radio station after all. So I'm excited. Let's see what we, I just got to say though, comparing Dax to NF is like comparing 50 cent to Eminem. Whatever that means. I agree. (laughs) They're You're both the rappers. Expert. You're the rapping expert here. Which is why I had to wait until you were here to do this. But this is what I'm excited about because there is finally another good, and y'all can pin me to the wall and throw tomatoes at me for all I care <laughs> for saying this, but there is finally another good Christian rapper out there it's not just nf and there are other christian rappers yes i i mean kj52 has been my jam since we did that whole (laughs) video montage thing um but finally another good christian rapper that gets you at your core okay that is something that he does i don't know that we would qualify him as a christian rapper oh i'm totally qualified rapper who is a why? Christian. Okay, this is a whole nother topic. Well, because the term Christian rapper implies that you're in the Christian music industry, which he's not. <sighs> but see, I don't think that it does. Sure, you maybe. Could, you could not think it, but it, just, <laughs> it, it does. <laughs> I just got the biggest eye roll from Matt that I've ever received in seven years of friendship. <laughs> you, you could not you think it all you want, but... <laughs> It is what it is. That's, that's how this works. <laughs> Whatever. Like, you know, like 21 Pilots, they are both Christians. They're not a Christian band. But because they don't, essentially because they don't curse and they don't rap about uh, glorying and undue sinning, we can play them. Dax, we could not play on our station. I mean, even this song about God got heavily explicit. In many parts. I I was trying to count when the first cuss word was, and it's definitely within the first line. Yeah. <laughs> really quick. Really quick. And it's not just a mild cuss word. He drops so, the F bro- F-bomb right away. So we won't be reading those those parts of the lyrics? What? I was we'll, so we'll looking have, forward we'll to have, it. We'll have adjusted them slightly oh, in tone. Bummer. But the uh, the message is still there. So yeah, let's, let's dive in. The first section of lyrics... 
which is the very start of the song, says, Dear God, there's a lot of questions that I have about the past, and I don't want to hear it from a human you made, so you're the last person that I'm ever going to ask. So, tough start already, in my opinion. That first line, I was like, yes. <laughs> right away. Okay. Yes. But the idea of I don't want to hear it from you, and we'll revisit this a little bit because he touches more on it in the song. The idea that I don't want to hear it from a human you made. So you're the last person I'm going to ask. I understand the idea of, you know, praying and asking the questions directly to God and searching for answers that way. But God doesn't really talk to us directly anymore. He often uses the humans that he made to answer these questions. So I feel like when you come into a situation automatically dismissing any human interaction as a possible answer, you're setting yourself up for failure. Oh, I can already see how this is going to go. <laughs> you and I are on two totally well, this different is why pages. I wanted, this is why I wanted to have this. So how are you interpreting that? I don't even think <laughs> that we're in the same book right now. <laughs> Okay, so, and we're going to hear this as we continue through the rest of the song. There's some major hurt. Sure. Behind this song. Some serious letdown and... Absolutely. And so for me, at first, because I've listened to it quite a few times now, but at first when I heard it, I was like, ooh, okay, that's kind of bold. That's kind of brazen to just come straight at God and be like... I got questions, and I don't want to hear it from anybody else. You're going to have to give me the answers. Yeah. But at the same time, God already knew that was what was in his heart. God already knew that's what he was thinking. God already knows the reasons that, that brought him to that point of, I don't want to hear it from this person, you know? Mm-hmm. And so while it may take us aback a little bit, and it may be like, I can see your point of, God uses people. Well, God also uses many other things as well. Sure. It's easy as opening up your Bible and, hey, or just bringing to remembrance some scripture as you're struggling. And so for me, that's kind of what I thought. I didn't expect, I didn't think that he was waiting for God to say, okay, Jax, let's sit down and have a conversation and I'll tell you all the answers to your questions. Okay. But I also think that there is reasoning for not wanting to hear it from another human. And I can respect that reason. Sure. Because you hate people. (laughs) Completely. Trust no one. Live alone. Love nothing. Hashtag fact. (laughs) No, and I get what you're trying to say. Uh, I guess, and and we'll, uh, I believe we won't actually get to the lyric that I'm about to reference until possibly Wednesday. Uh, but there's another instance where he basically says that he doesn't even want to read it in a book. Mm. He wants God to directly answer him. And so that tied in, and like I said, he kind of revisits this theme a few times. It all ties into where it it seems like he's not going to accept any answer that's not a... Booming voice from God. Yeah, booming voice from God. But we'll get more into that. I, I, I do understand what you're saying. Uh, as you were talking, what I was thinking, you, you listed opening up the Bible. What I was thinking is, you know, God can use a song, yeah, you know, to help, uh, mm-hmm. answer your question or open your eyes a little bit. Um, and that's, that's, uh, 
you know, testimony that we get from listeners of Backward Radio, you know, all the time. The right yeah. song coming on at the right time and uh, stuff like that, which is why we play a lot of songs similar to like NF that mm-hmm. uh, or 21 Pilots that dig deep into tough issues like yeah. suicidal thoughts and and uh, depression and things of that nature and not in a superficial or or kind of... Um, What's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, non-specific way, you know, just a a relative. They don't gloss over it. Yeah, not a glossed over um, issue I'm dealing with in a song, you know, where they try and make it all encompassing. Mm-hmm. This issue could be anything. This could be the thorn in, in Paul's side. We have no idea what it is, but this song applies to you. But a specific problem that someone is specifically dealing with is brought up in a lot of the songs that we play. Yeah. Uh, for that reason, because there are people dealing with specific problems and want to hear people who are also dealing with those specific problems and how they've been overcoming them. So I get that. Uh, I do. So I don't disagree with you. I just think it's a tough start. Sure. The whole song is <laughs> yeah. tough. So section two, he says, tell me what's real. Tell me what's fake. Why is everything about you a debate? What's the point of love? Every time I've showed it, it was broken and it forced me to just only want to hate. Uh, yeah, I get it. I really do. Um, I hate that everything about faith is a debate mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I like this. You and I are having a discussion. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have things that we disagree on. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to be at each other's throats about it. Yeah. Jumping across the table. And there are too many of us believers who are like that. Yeah. At the drop of a hat, too. And often about the dumbest things. doctrines. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid things that we will never know until yeah. we're dead. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, I'm itchy over here. I got something I, going on in yeah. my back. Can't get, get rid of it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, human humans are flawed, and that's that's uh, that's the truth. And I uh, I can understand where that lack of trust must come from. That way, like you said, it's obvious that he's been hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's obvious from other songs that he's done. He's been hurt a lot relationally, uh, romantically, and it's hard to trust people when you have so many of those instances building up mm-hmm. uh, on top of each other. Uh, so I get that. Uh, but what's the point of love? That question strikes me as odd. Because um, my answer would be that maybe there's not a specific point to love, that love itself is the point. Like that's what we're... That's what we're after. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we're trying to do one way or another. That's that's how we're supposed to be existing and interacting with this world in a loving way. Mm-hmm. Uh, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. I could speak with the tongues of every nation, but if I didn't have love, it would just be making noise. I mean, love itself, God is love. That's the point of everything on this planet. Uh so to to get to the point where you're so broken from sharing that love, that's heartbreaking to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I know that there are a lot of people in that boat. Oh, yeah. I So there's not much more for me to say 
you said my thoughts pretty much exactly. Mm. Surprise. Um, <laughs> but I do... <sighs> I feel like if we're being honest, so many people share these same thoughts. Absolutely. And that's what I love about this song is he's just being honest. Yeah. And whether we still feel this way, whether we struggle with, you know, the back and forth, the seesaw of feeling this way, but knowing we're not necessarily supposed to feel this way, you know, because it kind of contradicts everything that God tells us. Mm-hmm. Um He's just real and honest about it and just puts it all out there and says, here it is. This is what this is what I'm struggling with. This yeah. is what I'm feeling. And I can respect that because God already knows it. Yeah. And with questions like these of this nature, where it's obvious there's no good answer. Yeah. Because... People suck. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the answer. The that's answer the... is is we suck. <laughs> We're asking God, you know, why are we allowing humans to suck? Is essentially what the question is. I mean, since the beginning of time, yeah, we sucked. <laughs> since the first opportunity to sin arose, we were like, "Give me that apple." Yeah, <laughs> we were all over it. So, I mean, that's 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 just the human nature, uh, and it kind of. The beginnings of these questions like that, and I'm not saying that's what's happening in this song, but I'm saying like, you know, outwardly in in a lot of people's minds, especially those who aren't believers, but have debated about whether or not God's real. It's questions like that that start to spiral into eventually, you know, why does God allow evil at all? Mm -hmm. Or why, you know, the the whole thing of if God is so good, you know, why did this happen? And why did this happen? And and we get into that point where we let that be such become a roadblock for even believing in God mm-hmm. because he's all powerful. Why not just make everything good? But the natural progression of that, you know, God making everything good is we're slaves at that point to mm-hmm. God. We're not we're not people with free will. We're not making our own decisions. We are marionette puppets. Yeah. And that's I don't know. That's not really I don't want to believe in a puppeteer God. I want to believe in a loving God. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's yeah. what's hard for a lot of people. And that's where it really requires a huge mind change. Yeah. You know, it requires perspective because I can see the argument in, well, then why? Okay, so taking Adam and Eve, why did he banish them? Yeah. You know, why did he not just forgive them and say, well, okay. But here's the thing. God gave them, God showed them mercy from the very start, mm-hmm. from the very beginning. If God was an evil God, he would have said, and you're done. Yeah. You know, I'm wiping it clean. Yeah. I'm starting over. But he didn't. He There were consequences. But then he continued to show his mercy over and over and over and over and over and over again. And, and even at the time of Noah... When he essentially did that up to a point, he still wasn't like, okay, I'm just wiping humanity completely. Right. He's like, there's still, humanity's still going to go on. We're still going to do this. We're just going to have a soft reboot. <laughs> so, and what I love about Noah is, and I just recently did a study on, on Noah. I'm doing a study through Genesis, and we just studied the portion of Noah that I never really thought of, okay? But this is going to, it changed my mind drastically. 
The Bible specifically says there was one righteous man. That was Noah. And who did he save? Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives. It does not say that Noah's wife, his three sons, and their wives were righteous. Right. But that was a sign of God's love and mercy towards Noah because he didn't want for Noah... God has the power to have created him a whole new wife that was righteous. He could have done it all over again. Noah's got plenty of ribs. You know what I mean? (laughs) But God did not want for Noah to go through that struggle alone. He did not want for Noah to deal with that by himself. And that was just one more way that God showed his love and mercy towards Noah. Noah was the only righteous one, but I'm going to let your family survive as well. Yeah. It just requires that perspective change. Yeah. We have to go back and go, okay, yes, we see what happens. We see the the ugliness of it. Let me see the good in it. Yeah. All right. I like that. Uh, so these next couple sections kind of have similar answers, really, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, the next section says, why is there only one you but multiple religions? Why does every conversation end in a division? Why does everybody want to tell us how to live, but they won't listen to the same message that they're given, that they are giving? Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, I mean, my answer is, yeah, we suck. Humans are flawed. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to do our best. Nobody does things the exact same way. Nobody really believes the exact same way about everything. And that's that's kind of how the multiple religions thing started. That's how, that started in the Bible. That yeah. started in Acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. You know, that whole kind of thing is different. Different, uh, different leaders lead differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how... Different doctrines have come about. Uh, then we had the Catholic Church, and then we had the Protestant Reformation, and through that we've had all these different denominations. And I mean, it's just—it's all essentially little stuff for the most part. All essentially little things that we believe differently. Yeah. The big main stuff. Most of us are pretty much on board mm-hmm. the same way. Um, now, if he's now, I don't know if he's referring to just the Christian denominations in that multiple religions line, or if he's talking about literally all the different religions. I would assume he's and so yeah, broad I mean, scale. If that's the case, I mean, like it's there is only one him, and there's only one religion that follows this one him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, all the others are not him. Yeah, and you know that should answer the question, um, but. For someone seeking or someone who doesn't understand, which I don't necessarily believe that Dax is. Dax, see, Dax seems pretty uh, focused on a Christian God uh, in this song and in some of the other songs. So I don't believe he's you know thinking that you know God is also the same God of of uh, I don't know one of the gods in Hinduism or anything like that or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's essentially all the division and everything is just because we all suck. Mm-hmm. We're all trying. People as a group, no matter what group you are, are terrible. <laughs> Hashtag fact. People um, individually, much better. <laughs> we had a lady on our church group the other day, mm-hmm. our Facebook church. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't even remember what the post, the original post or original meme was, but she said, and we try not to have anything serious in the group, and so she was kind of borderline here, but she said, do you think there will come a time where we'll all realize 
we were all wrong in some way, shape, or form when it comes to Christianity. And you responded with, yes, probably so. Yeah. And then her response to you was, then shouldn't we stop arguing about it? Shouldn't we stop judging or something along those lines? And I thought, yes, (laughs) we should. (laughs) But it's what we try to do. It's so (laughs) much easier said than done. Yeah. You know, and especially when it's like a something that really gets your hackles up, you know, something that's been a pet peeve of yours. Your hackles. You're like, yeah, okay. your hackles. Okay. You know, you got to call them your hackles. Uh, like the Calvinism Arminianism debate has been a pet peeve of mine ever since we had that, that really Calvinist couple that joined our church. Yeah. That was just actively trying to change everybody reform. in our church. Yeah. Reform <laughs> everybody else in the church. And, and it caused such it caused such a division in the church, not not like a church split, but between the people that were like, do we just let them keep coming or do we need to kick them out? Right. Which we ultimately had to do. We ultimately had to ask them to leave because they wouldn't stop. Yeah. And I'm like, <sighs> we're not even we weren't our church isn't even a, a distinctly Arminian church either, um, for the most part. I believe we land somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And I feel like that's exactly where the answer is. There's no way that Calvinism has it 100% right and our, or Arminianism has it 100% right. It's got to be a mixture of both. Because both of them say, well, Scripture backs up both of our claims. And they can prove that by listing Scripture. Sometimes I've been saying this the exact for years. same Scripture. Like, could it be possible <laughs> that there's a point somewhere in the middle I've been saying it for years. And when I think about it, like when I think about God and I think about religion, I think about one of those, what was it? Like the spider web maps that we used to do as kids, you know, and it's got God right there in the center and then all the little things that come off and, you know, you've got all your different religions, but they don't connect except for right there in the center. And that right there in the center point, they may have all these other little sub groups that come off of them and whatnot. It's going to be this huge... Can you imagine just God standing in front of, like, a whiteboard and he's got his own little, what are those called? It's called something, a graph of some sort. He's got his own little graph up there on his whiteboard and he's constantly adding to it daily. And he's like, yep, okay. Got this group over here. Got my Christians and they got Baptists and they got Methodists and they got Lutheran. They don't think anybody else is here. Yeah, you know, like, (laughs) they got all my people here. You know, can you just imagine? Yeah. And the only thing that connects us is that center bubble. Mm -hmm. And we got to get closer to that center (laughs) bubble in order to find the real answer for it all. Like, one of. I don't know if you've watched The Good Place at all. Have you watched that? I Yeah, I think I watched the first season. Okay. I'm not up to date with it. It's great. It keeps getting better. Um, but in that first episode, you know, the, you know, in the first few scenes, she asks, so who was right about the afterlife? Yeah. You know, he goes, oh, well, you know, these were a little bit right. They were a little bit right. Uh, everybody got about 10%. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, except for this guy and there's a portrait of one guy on the wall he's he got about 92 percent right one day after <laughs> taking some bad mushrooms <laughs> and i'm like yeah there's probably one guy out there who's pretty spot on listen exactly. i am that guy <laughs> i've been saying it for years <laughs> 
so we're not going too much deeper today, but uh, we're going to pick up examining the lyrics from Dax's new viral song, Dear God, uh, secular artist, asking many questions many of us have asked at one point in our journey of faith in hopes of getting some answers. So picking up with his lyrics in verse one, uh, he says, why does everybody try to profit off another man's work and then destroy it just for monetary gain? And the first thing that I thought about was Judas. Because that's, I mean, essentially that's exactly what Judas did with Jesus and the disciples. He was more focused on the monetary aspect. He was the one that grumped about uh, Mary using that oil that could have been sold. Uh, he then destroyed it all for monetary gain. He turned Jesus over to the authorities for 30 pieces of silver. And then that destroyed him. <laughs> the guilt from that destroyed him. Uh yeah. I mean, again, like I said last hour, most of the answers to this is that people suck. <laughs> but it's... it's uh, The human race is flawed. Yeah. It's, it's, it's true that this does happen. There, yeah. There's a lot of selfishness. Uh, this, is, this is beyond just people being awful. This is people being evil sometimes. Mm-hmm. Of uh, profiting off someone else and then destroying it to make them richer. You know, and there's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. You know, and it to me, it even goes as far back as Cain and Abel. Yeah. You know, it. there may not have been monetary gain, essentially, out of it, but there was gain. You know, there it, people suck. <laughs> it is what sin does to our nature. Yeah. Uh, the next section he asked, tell me, are you black or are you white? I don't even really care. I just want to know what's right. Um, this has been, this has come up and this is a, this is something that I hadn't ever heard. And this is a little bit of the race thing that we're going to get into. Yeah. Uh, this is something that I hadn't really heard until the, uh, the Brant John hug. Did you see that from a few weeks ago? The, nope. the, the, it was the woman, the white woman cop. Who had come oh, home? Oh yes, yeah, the, yes. in Dallas. Yes, and so Brant, which was the, I think Botham was his name, the, the brother of Botham John that was killed. You know, basically gave this you know heart wrenching message of forgiveness in mm-hmm. the court to her, and then essentially begged the judge to give her a hug mm-hmm. before she went away. She was already sentenced at this point, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. People were split, especially in the African-American community. I don't know why I said African-American. I'm so, I'm so stuck in the 90s of where we're supposed to say African-American that <laughs> we don't really say that anymore. Uh, but in the black community, people were split on whether or not this was a good thing. A lot of people saw it as, uh, and the phrase that I specifically heard that I never heard before is, this is what happens when you believe in white Jesus. It's that you escalate white people above you and that it somehow becomes uh, something that you have to do to forgive white people and that they've been conditioned to do that since slavery because the oppressed are always supposed to forgive the oppressors, conditioned to forgive the oppressors. And I don't know if I was 100% on board with that or not, but again, I'm not you know, black. I've never grown up in that community. I can't 
be the voice to say that one way or the right. other. But there were plenty of other uh, folks in that community who came out on the opposite side of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I don't have the right to judge either way. And both could be true, depending on your mindset and where you're at in life. But the idea of white Jesus being a problem had never really occurred to me. The idea that we oftentimes present Jesus as a white man, which he clearly wasn't. Mm-hmm. He grew up in the Middle East. He was Arab. <laughs> you know, he was he was Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he had to be. <laughs> there's just no, there's there's no, no other There's no way option. around it. <laughs> if he wasn't, there'd be a lot of people in the Bible going... Wow, you're really light skinned. <laughs> if he you, wasn't, why are you so pale, Jesus? If he wasn't, maybe then people would have believed wholeheartedly that he was Jesus because he didn't look like everybody right. else. Yeah, in fact, Jesus is uh, Jesus is probably absolutely nothing like we ever depict him. He's, sure. He probably did not have really long hair. He probably did not have you know that nice Jesus goatee that he had. Uh, and he definitely shouldn't have, wouldn't have been white. He would have looked like a normal person, and that's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. He was not. He was not distinguishable from other people. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any special anything special to his look. It was you know the God part of him that drew people to him, uh, not his his good looks. <laughs> um, so yeah, but that 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 whole idea of the white Jesus is something that I never considered, and I can completely understand it. I think when it comes mm-hmm. to how that would eventually translate into, yeah, Jesus was white, so white people are up here, and everybody else is below. And I could see how that would become more and more dangerous if that's what you're taught from an early age, if that's what you see from a, as a child growing up. It's a weird topic. I'm just throwing at you out of nowhere, but what do you No, think? and I'm <laughs> So I grew up in a heavy populated black state. I grew up in North Carolina. North Carolina, yeah. And so, you know, I was more of the minority in mm-hmm. my school growing up, you know, the church that I attended. So, race is something that I probably dealt a lot more with the topic than what you may yeah. have growing up. Um, you're mi- the minority here, but it's to a different race than right. the black community. <laughs> um, but I can remember in high school, you know, my friends knew that I was a believer. My friends knew that I was a Christian. And everything that I did, it was always brought back to, well, would Jesus do that? Would Jesus? And there was one time, one instance where a black girl said to me, well, Jesus wasn't white. And I've always known that Jesus wasn't white. I've always known, yeah, he's Arab. Yeah. Duh. He's Middle Eastern. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so my response was, duh, but he wasn't African American either. You know, <laughs> that's not what Jesus is about. Jesus is not about the color of our skin. He's not about, but at the same time, I believe that there is a connector there where he probably doesn't look like much of any of us. But we are called to look like him. Right. And so for me to hear what some of the black community is saying about um, Botham's brother, 
and, and his reaction, that kind of breaks my heart because when I watched the video, my response, my thought was, I've never seen anyone look more like Jesus than what right. he does in that moment. Yeah. I'm, my response is, man, I wish I had that kind of courage to be like uh, Brant. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, that's just what I imagine Jesus being like. Mm-hmm. You know, he's completely broken. His heart has been shattered. He is hurting beyond belief. But he sees someone else who is hurting as well and puts his own feelings aside and just wants to love on her. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, to hear that being their argument, and I get it. I can understand it. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think that anybody's really taught that. I think that it's a mindset that they kind of come into, a mindset that they come to believe. Um, I mean, growing up in a black church, that was never really said. You Mm. know, white people are, Jesus was white, white people are elevated above black people. Oh, sure, yeah. That was never. It would have to be a mindset, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's just something that they kind of come into a belief. Um, But it just breaks my heart to think that that's. The message that they received from it when me as a do i really have to say middle-aged white woman (laughs) saw that and thought i want to be more like him because he is reflecting jesus right now yeah yep all right the last section we'll talk about today uh is uh he says tell me where i'm going is it heaven or hell um I believe this is easily explained, and mm-hmm. all, but often ignored, uh, especially by those who aren't deeply into religion, that you might believe that heaven and hell exist, you might believe that God exists, but you don't really understand the difference. And this comes to, also, we talked about the good place in the last hour. Uh, the good place, their whole system is based on good or bad. Yeah. And where you landed. Uh, on a points total, essentially. <laughs> and that's how a lot of people who consider themselves spiritual and consider themselves believers in God that's still they, think yeah. of heaven and hell. Is Absolutely. That it's, a, it's, a, it's a points total. It's a good or bad. It's a it's a, a Libra scales there where which one's, which one's outweighing the other. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think one of my favorite jokes, and I don't even remember who said it at this point, was, was uh, like... How many people are so close in that points total of, dang, if I didn't cuss when I was in third grade that one time, I would have been in. Yeah. It was that close. Yeah. And uh, and that's something that one of the characters on The Good Place, I don't know if it was in the first season or not, but one of the characters in The Good Place deals with when they're learning about the points total is like, you know, what if I... uh, what if I do this one bad thing and that's enough to put my points total over to the edge of the bad place? Yeah. And, you know, what do I do then, you know? And it's it's a it's a mindset that's I think grown out of like the manners mindset of, you know, we need to be good. And so in the same way that I think some people were some parents have used like the devil or whatever to scare children into being good. I think that's kind of what this has become mm-hmm. is that we've, cons- we've tricked ourselves into thinking that if we believe it's a points total, we'll make ourselves be better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's a dangerous place to go in. Essentially, you know, the only way you're getting into heaven, the way the Bible lays it out is 
salvation is achieved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's mm-hmm. a simple formula. <laughs> and anybody right now who is thinking, yes, but faith without works is dead. Yes. 100%. You're absolutely right. But that is not where your salvation lies. Mm-hmm. Your salvation does not lie in your actions and what you do. So, and I really, I need to say this because I struggled with this mindset until about five years ago. Okay. I struggled with the whole, well, if I do this, but I don't do this, have I lost my salvation? Because that's kind of the culture that I grew up in, kind yeah. of the belief that I grew up and in. And there are still some doctrines that teach that in sure. the Christian faith. Sure. And maybe version. not even directly, but indirectly. Yeah. And and that plants that seed of doubt. And I just, I really want to say, God is not a God of chaos or confusion or doubt or worry. God is a God of 100 blessed assurance that you are saved. Mm-hmm. Once saved, always saved. And that took a lot for me as a grown-up Pentecostal girl to to come into that mindset of, okay, there's nothing that I can do. There is literally nothing that I can do that's going to take me away from him. But because of that, because of my salvation, because of my heart change, because of the love that I now have for Jesus, I'm going to choose better. I'm going to make better choices. I'm going to do what I believe God has called me to do. Am I going to fail? Yep. Am I going to screw up on a daily basis? 100%. (laughs) But there is grace. And as long as I come to the cross and I bear that weight at the cross, all is well. Yeah. And that was really a big struggle for me that I had to deal with, that I had to overcome. Honestly, I don't even think that it was until CR that I really was able to go, wait a minute, I've been doing this wrong all these years. Hmm. I've been worrying about all the wrong things all these years. And so you said the answer is simple. You know, am I going to heaven or am I going to hell? 100%, the answer is simple. I want to tell people to find freedom from that religion mm-hmm. because that's what it is it is that religion that is so burdensome that makes you think that you have to live up to a standard that's almost unachievable yeah and that's not what god says yeah all right well i will end with that then because that was good So after that first segment, I think you're starting to see this is actually a lot bigger than just tearing apart a song lyric by lyric. This is going to be talking about a lot of tough questions that many of us have struggled with throughout our lives and our spiritual journeys here uh, on this Christian road. So stick around. We got more coming up after this break. But first, this week in Nerdy News. This week in Nerdy News, this is LTNN. The Riddler is getting his own Mountain Dew flavor in a promotion for Matt Reeves' The Batman. The package art also offers a little sneak peek tease of the character's look. 
The flavor is called Riddler's Brew, but the flavor of the drink is still a mystery that is yet to be solved. The Riddler is being played by Paul Dano in the movie, and there's still so much that we don't know about how the villain will be utilized in the film. But we do know that he's a serial killer going around murdering people. The Batman is hunting him, looking to stop him from murdering people. Frankly, I don't understand why we couldn't just get Jim Carrey back in the role. That's good, right? Batman Forever. The best Batman movie of all time. Right? It's happening! We have a release date for the new Pokemon Snap. Ever since it was first announced, we've been looking forward to getting our hands on the game. We've enjoyed the original game back on the Nintendo 64, and we're excited to play this much more improved graphics version with many more Pokemon to snap pictures of. In addition to learning, the game will launch on April 30th. Fans were treated to a new trailer that is gorgeous, and we cannot wait to play. In new Pokemon Snap, players will take on the role of a budding Pokemon photographer and work with the Lentil Region expert, Professor Mirror, and his assistant, Rita on an ecological survey to photograph Pokemon thriving in nature. Plus, since there won't be any capturing or fighting of these Pokemon, I bet PETA will be all on board. The One Ring had an exclusive release in the official synopsis of Amazon Studios' Lord of the Rings series set in the Second Age of Middle-Earth's history. Beginning in a time of relative peace, the series follows an ensemble cast of characters both familiar and new as they confront the long-feared reemergence of evil to Middle-Earth. From the darkest depths of the Misty Mountains to the majestic forests of the elf capital of Linden, to the breathtaking island kingdom of Numenor. I've never known how to pronounce that. To the furthest reaches of the map, these kingdoms and characters will carve out legacies that live on long after they're gone. And lastly, Ubisoft has announced that uh, we're getting a brand new story-driven open-world Star Wars adventure. A game coming soon. Don't know when, but you know what? It's going to be dang fun. Get hype. Open world. Open world, man, with lightsabers. That was This Week in Nerdy News. I'm Radio Matt, and this is LTNN. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt, and if you're listening to the Love Thy Nerd podcast network, then remember that all of our shows air on LTN Radio first during the actual morning hours, and we would love to kick off your day with some humor and fun. That's right, you can head over to LTNOnAir.com and see the schedule, and also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone device. You can also enable the LTN Radio skill on your Echo devices, and then simply ask Alexa to play Love Thy Nerd. So today in this special, we're taking you through Dax's early 2020 hit, Dear God. Now, this is not necessarily a Christian song, but it does deal with a lot of the questions that many of us experience in our journey to faith. And so let's just pick up right where we left off. Are you black or are you white? I don't even really care. I just really want to know what's right. They've been saying one thing, but I've been looking in the book and it seems like they've been lying for my whole life. Tell me where I'm going. Is it heaven or hell? I just hope this message reached you well. Had a dream that I was walking with the devil. Don't remember how it feels, but I swear that I remember the smell. Looked me right into my eye and told me everything I wanted could be mine if I gave up and decided to sell. But I said I'd rather die than get mine. Now I'm here. No fear. Well, last week, uh, we talked about this yesterday. Last week, a new music video from the rapper Dax hit the secular music scene and it quickly got trending and spread uh, virally. It, uh, <clears throat> 
we've seen a few other songs of his. He really wears his heart uh, on his sleeve in his lyrics. Uh, and that genuine struggle is appealing. Uh, though he is a secular artist, so he's very much explicit in his songs. So this isn't necessarily a song that you'll hear on the station, but it is so focused on faith and spiritual matters. I thought it would be a great idea to go through these lyrics and kind of see, you know, where we stand and if we can answer any of the questions that he might have uh, and that you might have as well. Because I feel like a lot of these are very, very common questions. And we found that out yesterday when we started this, when we went through verse one. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of these are things that many, many people go through or ask or have a problem with. And the answer to most of yesterday's questions were people suck. <laughs> All these terrible things happen because we are terrible people. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like that was a really good way to start the week and, and start a person's Monday because, you know, <laughs> you've spent the whole weekend with your family, well, the mean, people who you yeah. choose to love, and, and then Monday rolls around, you got to go to work. With all these and people that you hate. With all these sucky humans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stuff you're not going to hear on K-Love, folks. <laughs> we all suck. We all suck. <laughs> but Jesus died for us all. Amen. So. <sighs> Jesus. Just, just spreading that truth. Jesus, the only non-sucky human to ever exist. Hashtag fact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so... <laughs> We are. I'm making that my status. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we will be focusing mainly on the faith aspects of the song. There are some race issues that are brought up, but we're going to focus mostly on the faith ones. Uh, we'll pick up where we left off yesterday with the start of verse two. Uh, he says, Dear God, where were you when I needed it? When I messed up and repeated it? When they set the bar and I exceeded it? So where were you when, when I was hurt? Where were you when I was screwing things up and where were you when things were going great essentially right there yeah i mean he never moved he'd been there he'd been there all that time Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he loved you the same yes in every instance yeah he loved you the same he hoped uh that you would follow you know his plan for your life in each one of those moments uh he hoped that you would surrender both your pain your failures and your successes at his feet uh, so that he could use them both for his glory and for your progression in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's, that's how it is. And I feel like, I feel like that's an easy thing to forget even for believers. Oh, sure. Is that when it's, when there come times of pain or when, especially when I think, especially that middle one, when we feel guilty, when we've messed up, when we feel worthless, that's when we shy away from God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's partially because, uh, you know, we've sort of been conditioned by society and even religion growing up to believe that God is some cosmic cop, you know, up there, cosmic killjoy, who's just out to smite you, you right. know, for messing up. Um but, I mean, at the same time, Adam and Eve reacted that same way. Mm-hmm. They sinned. They realized what they'd done. They went away and hid because mm-hmm. <laughs> they were afraid. Um, and God's first action after banishing them was an act of love. Mm-hmm. The first sacrifice. He had he killed animals, made them clothes mm-hmm. for them to wear. Um 
so I mean, the idea of God wasn't there. It's all internal. It's all in your own mind. It's yeah. all you, you pushing yourself away from God, running away from God mm-hmm. when you should be running to him. And it's always just one step back to him. It's turn around. He's there. He's been there. Exactly. I think that's the hardest part for people to understand is that regardless of how far we run in the opposite direction, to turn around, he's he's right there. Yeah. We don't have to run that many feet. That, that distance many, back. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> he's there. Yeah. Uh, section two, I remember telling you my goals and my dreams, but you didn't even answer, so I guess you didn't believe in it. I like your answer for this. Yeah. The the, the the note that I wrote was, were they God's goals and dreams for him? Uh, you know, I'm not, that's not supposed to be a judgmental question. That's really just the question that I would have if someone said that. If, if, if you're pushing your goals and your dreams to God, are you still listening to what God wants to do with you? And with Are you your taking life? time to pray over those goals and yeah. dreams and, and really allow God to say, yep, that's the direction I'm taking you? Or, nope. <laughs> Something completely different. Stop sign <laughs> in face. And I think that that's a struggle that a lot of people have mm-hmm. because they tend to think that there are two, two gods, I think, that people tend to worship, if you will. And the one God, and they tend to even morph him into the same person, but the one God is the one who is the cop, like you said, who Uh is constantly ready to smite you for your choices and decisions. But at the same time, he's the God who just wants you to be happy and content. (laughs) He wants you to live a good life. He wants you to enjoy everything. Okay. And part of that, part of both instances are true. Yeah. But they are not who God is. Yeah. You know, God wants us to have a good life. He wants us to enjoy the things, the blessings that he's given us. Yeah. But, but within his yeah, exactly his plan. That doesn't mean yeah. that I get to have a million dollars and drive a Ferrari <laughs> and have the iPhone 11. Just saying. <laughs> that last one seemed a little pointed. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to remind myself. I don't need the iPhone 11. That's not need... God's plan for me right now. <laughs> uh, all right. So the last, the next one, not the last one. Next one says, I remember sitting with a gun to my head trying to ask you for some help, but I guess you didn't believe in it. I mean, he's still here. Having been, you know, I'm someone that has been in a, a situation where I nearly tried to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't think it would have been a successful attempt. No. I'm pretty sure I would have just wound up seriously really hurting in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, but I did sit there when I was 13 thinking I was going to do this. Yeah. And phone rang. Scared me. Made me drop the, the knife and never picked it up again. Mm-hmm. And I believe that was God intervening in the situation. Yeah. So in this instance, which I fully believe is an actual thing that happened mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. If he was sitting with a gun to his head, You'd be what dead. stopped him? Yeah. Exactly. What stopped him? Yeah. It's not going to be God sending a literal angel down to grab the gun, wrestle it from your hand. God is going to use 
whatever he's got on that earth around Mm -hmm. him to stop him, whether Mm -hmm. that be somebody else intervening, somebody calling, helping him recall a memory or a reason to stick around, Mm -hmm. or even just making him too afraid to do it. Mm -hmm. That's God. Yeah. (laughs) That could very well have been God's intervention. Yeah. The fact that he is, and you know, like you said, a, we have to read these lyrics and believe that this is an actual instance in ha- yeah. that happened. And I read these lyrics and think, well, it's also quite possible that some many of these are his struggles, but some of these are also someone very close to him possible. who struggled, yeah. you know? Um, and he's just putting it all into one song, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, but like you said, if he is still able to write these lyrics and sing this song then God was there in some way, shape, or form Mm -hmm. because he didn't follow through with what he intended to do by putting that gun to his head. Now, there are many people that do follow through every day. Mm -hmm. uh, And that doesn't necessarily mean that God wasn't there either. Exactly. But it does mean that they weren't listening for him. You know what I mean? They weren't weren't looking for that that escape uh, from their decision to do this. They were looking for the ultimate escape from life. Yeah. Uh, and which we, is heartbreaking to be in. Yeah. Mental health is a real struggle. And mm-hmm. there's many topics that we've discussed yeah. over, what, the four years that we've done. Not the radio, but yeah. has it been all, three all years? The, it's been coming we're, up. We're coming up on five. See? Soon. See? Yeah. So I guarantee you, if you like somehow search mental health within back row, You'll find tons of yeah. topics where we, we touch on that. Yeah. But to me, that plays a much bigger role than whether or not God was there. Yeah. Uh, the next question or next section says, uh, I don't want religion. I need that spirituality. I don't want a church. I need people to call a family. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, feel you, brother. Yeah. You talked about this yesterday with the, the religion aspect. Is it, I mean, religion in itself is not bad. Right. Religion is, is, is actually very good. It's where we get most of our traditions. It's where a lot of our doctrine is found and supported and built upon. Mm-hmm. But we have taken religion and weaponized it so much, even within our own churches, mm-hmm. that it has become something that is undesirable in many people's eyes. Yeah. Spirituality, on the other hand, has an equal danger on the opposite end of to being too broad. Mm-hmm. And not focused enough on the doctrines that need to be true, mm-hmm. such as salvation by grace through faith and stuff like that, that uh, that's also a slippery slope to get into on either side. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, yes, what you need is a relationship with Christ. That's, that's what you need above religion, above spirituality itself. You need a focused, personal, real, actual relationship with the savior of the universe. Um, and then when it comes to, I don't want a church, I need people to call a family. That's what church is supposed to be. And that's what church is so often not. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that a lot too, because we wear masks. We keep ourselves isolated because we don't want to be vulnerable. But the whole idea, uh, James five sixteen, I think it is, you know, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the mindset that we're supposed to come into it. And from that would spring community, would spring family, would spring this closeness. I talked about this the other day with somebody about the time that 
when we were all working in CR and we all decided that we would do that step study together. Mm-hmm. The the very the step study for those of you who don't know in CR, the step study is a more in-depth uh, task that you do when you're going through the 12 steps and celebrate recovery. Uh, that very pointed questions, very uh, deep emotional answers often, and you're expected to share these within mm-hmm. the group. And so that can be terrifying. A lot of people don't make it through the study. Mm-hmm. Usually half or more quit before the study's over because it's too much. And it often takes like six months or more, depending on the size of the group. But we decided to do it uh, as a group. So there was, uh, I believe, five or six couples of us and then mm-hmm. one one single. No, yeah. she wasn't single, but she was. All the single it. ladies. All <laughs> the single. But yeah, we did this. And we did the whole thing. And there were some days where it was a lot tougher than others. Yeah. But we came out of that knowing so much more about each other, caring so much more about each other, mm-hmm. being able to understand uh, their trigger triggers and their struggles and, and you know, why they've come to believe certain things about mm-hmm. themselves and others and, and how we can help them in any situation and guard them and protect their hearts and mm-hmm. protect themselves because we're a family now. Mm-hmm. And that's what families do. It's that kind of openness that we need in churches, uh, why we need small groups, why we need uh, opportunities to be vulnerable and real. And then personally, responsible, responsibility-wise, we need to do that. Yeah. Open up. Be willing to open up and vulnerable uh, when it's safe to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you'll find exactly what you're looking for then. Mm-hmm. But I think churches are just struggling more and more with that lately. I feel like it's gotten a lot worse in the last few years. I don't know if that's just me or if I'm just widening my perception a bit or seeing more from other churches uh, and my home church. I feel like my home church is finally starting to combat that because I think that rose just in the last few years, mm-hmm. last two years maybe. It's tough. And it sneaks in so easily in churches yeah. too. You don't really notice it happening until mm-hmm. suddenly nobody's really friends anymore. Yeah. You're just there for church. It's like school. Yeah. <laughs> it's a requirement, an assignment. You do your work and you go home. Yeah. And you know, just, even though, yeah. like, I don't mean to cut you off. No, I'm sorry. Fine. I was waiting for you to. Okay. <laughs> keep that in mind next time. Um, it, it This line to me. Seems so out of place for the whole song. Yeah. And here's why. Because he talks about all the times that he's been hurt and he's been let down and people have hurt him. But he wants a family. Yeah. He wants people. And that, to me, I can relate to. I can, you know, Being a military spouse and not ever living in the same state or same town as our biological family, we've always had to make a family everywhere that we've gone. You know, we've had to, our kids have had to kind of adopt those aunts and uncles and those grandparents and those cousins. And um, we've had a really amazing time at doing that. But guess what? They're people. Yeah. And ultimately, at some point, in some way, shape or form, people are people and they will let you down. They are never going to measure up to exactly what you want and what you hope for because they are people. Yeah. You know? And so while I fully, totally understand that need of a family, 
wanting to have those people around you that are going to be there for you no matter what. I also just want to be like, nope, I don't want anybody. I just want Jesus. <laughs> give me my husband. Give me my kids. Give me Jesus. That's all I need. Yeah. You know, and even my husband and my kids are going to let me down at some point. They just will. But it is what it is. Yep. I, that, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Next line. Section five. Uh, I don't want to tell my sins to another sinner just because he's got a robe and he went to some academy. Uh, so this seems more like a Catholic focus. I don't know if he grew up Catholic, if he considers himself a, a health, uh, himself a Catholic or not. Yeah. Uh, but like I just, you know, I just said, James 5.16, confess your sins to each other, pray for each other so that you may heal. You're supposed to tell it to another sinner. But both of you are supposed to say, express, mm-hmm. you know, your struggles. It's not, I don't think it was ever supposed to be set up the way the Catholic Church does it with, you know, you go into a confessional and talk to a priest that you can't see. He gives you five and he gives you absolution. Hail Marys. Yeah. <laughs> Some form of absolution. Yeah. That's, that's not, that's not really how it's laid out in the Bible. It's laid out in the Bible as like we were talking about with the last section of a family of a church family. Where you're supposed to be with other believers, being open and honest about your struggles so that they can help you. That's where the healing begins in mm-hmm. this community. Yeah. Uh, you go to God for, for grace and forgiveness. You go to your church body, your church family to start the healing process. Mm-hmm. And it was never meant for those people who you confide in to then use it as a weapon to right. use against you. And I think That's that, not what the purpose is. Yeah, and I think that's a natural... Uh, thing when y'all are both sharing your stuff. Right. You don't become, it doesn't become a weapon at that point because you're both sharing your stuff. Well, the last part of the verse is so that you may heal. Yeah. I have never heard of someone healing by being pierced in the, right. in the back, in the heart, in the whatever. Absolutely. By a weapon. Yeah. That's, that's just not what the Bible instructs us to do. Right. So again, this is another reason why I really like Celebrate Recovery because I feel like that's one of the main reasons it works. Yeah. Because that's how you come in. It's so refreshing to be able to walk into church and know that I can be open here because everybody here knows that they're messed up. Yeah. <laughs> and admits it freely. Yeah. They introduce themselves by saying the stuff that they struggle with. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful to me. Hi, my that's name is I'm Megan. Lo- I'm nice. a grateful believer in Jesus and I suck. <laughs> yeah so that's that's yeah I yeah so i understand i understand that you don't want to tell it to another sinner for those reasons so don't for those reasons right tell it to someone just like you level playing field and ex, you know it should be an expected thing as a community between everybody yeah ideally again we're talking about an ideal world but people suck so who knows yeah Last section we're going to talk about today, he says, I don't want to read it in a book. I want to hear it from you. So I I alluded to this yesterday. This is the most dangerous line I think he says. If the book he's talking about is the Bible. True, because he's completely dismissing the Bible. Which is how we hear from God. Yeah. I mean, it is the literal living word of God. Yeah. And so if if he doesn't, if he's saying here, which it's not clear because he says a book, it could be. He could be talking about self-help books. He could be talking about anything else. But if this book he's talking about is the Bible and the lyric, that is the most dangerous thing, and that's going to keep him from getting answers that he wants, I think. 
Absolutely. So if that is your mindset, if you don't want to ever pick up the Bible uh, for one reason or another, but you want spiritual answers, you want God's answers, that's where you need to start. Mm-hmm. And I know it'll be, it's confusing picking up the Bible. You don't want to start at page one and you don't know where to look. I get that too. Find some guidance. Google it. Google is a massive resource now for Bible study. <laughs> it <laughs> of is. Finding verses and sections about talking about where you, uh, specific things that you want to learn about yeah. or questions to have answered. Um, get a study Bible. That helps too. Finding mm-hmm. specific things with a, a topic, a concordance and all that kind of stuff. But once you get around the fear of learning how to navigate the Bible, it's a massive resource, mm-hmm. both in the how-tos, the what-to-dos, the what-not-to-dos. And it's not just like a cosmic rule book, either. It's, it's got stories of a bunch of sucky people who God still chose to use. Mm-hmm. True story. And I think that's what a lot of people have qualms with the Bible about it. It's like, well, people in the Bible did this, this, and this. Like, yeah. That's not saying that it was good. Yeah. <laughs> that's saying that in spite of all that stuff, God was able to use them for something good. Was able to help them overcome that or get past that or put that behind them or repent from that or redeem themselves mm-hmm. through Jesus Christ. Yep. To do something better. It's yes. all about being better. So, yes, please pick up the book. That's two segments down, dissecting Dax's Dear God and actually dissecting a lot of the difficult questions that many of us struggle with in our faith journey and some of you might even be dealing with right now. We hope you're finding this helpful. We got one more segment of this to go. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and enjoy some music and when we get back, we'll get right to it. But first, binge watching for Jesus. I'm sorry I was so grumpy. It's just, I'm sad that I have to leave before doing all the human things that I wanted to do. I wanted to get my hair wet. I wanted to pull a hamstring to learn the difference between toward and towards. I wanted to do that thing where you walk down the hallway and someone else is walking the other way and then you both lean to one side and than the other, and then you both chuckle over your shared foible. I wanted to get a rewards card, any rewards card. I wanted to eat a saltine. Oh, I actually have some saltines. Here, try this. Pretty dry. I'm too salty. Going on on a real low note here. Okay, bye everyone. In the seventh episode of the first season of The Good Place, we see Michael realizing that the problems being caused in the Good Place neighborhood that he created were likely caused by him. And so he's decided that he must retire. And while we won't get into exactly what retirement means in this scenario, suffice it to say, he's regretful of all the things that he didn't get to accomplish. That's something that all of us tend to deal with in our lives. We look back on times that have passed and thought, man, if only I'd have done 
this. If only I could have done that, things could be so much better now. Now, looking back and evaluating our mistakes in the past is, is not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, that can actually help us spur forward to do the right thing in the future. But when we live looking back in the past, regretting the things that we did or didn't do, that's when things start to go downhill for us. Because see, when we live in the past, we live in denial. We live in depression. We live in anxiety. And doing that for such an extended period of time, well, that is going to affect our daily lives. And trust me, people notice. What's uh, happening, buddy? You have a crazy look in your eye and you're retreating into your shirt. You're kind of like turtling. In Philippians 3.13, we see Apostle Paul say to the church of Philippi, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What he's saying is, I'm not gonna dwell on the past. What I did in the past, the mistakes that I made back then, I'm not going to live there anymore. Instead, I'm going to look forward to what God has for me in the future, and I'm going to work towards the goals that he has laid at my feet. That should be the goal that you have for your mental health and your spiritual journey. And oftentimes that's going to require some outside help, whether that just be a few friends to lean on or professional therapy. Some cases, even medication is required to overcome a depressive state that we've let ourselves stay in for too long. But never give up striving for that future. That way, the devil have one less button to push. Oh man, I wanted to push that button. Catch a new Back Row Binge Watch every Monday on the Back Row Morning Show, only on LTN Radio. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt, and uh, we hope you're listening to us on LTN Radio, where we air each weekday morning at 7 a.m. and again at 9 a.m. Central. You can head over to LTNOnAir.com and see the schedule and also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone device. Stay up to date with all of our shows and enjoy an amazing mix of music that we have playing all throughout the day. Now, today has been special. We've been talking about the early 2020 hit, Dear God, by a, a secular artist named Dax, uh, but he's a professing Christian. Uh, he had a very raw, real, uncomfortable song uh, talking about the struggles and the questions that he has with his faith, and uh, we thought it was worthwhile to, to explore this line by line. And so these first two segments, we've done just that. And this is the third and final segment focusing on this song. So let's just dive right back where we left off. I don't know the answer. I just want to see it clearly. So many lies and a thousand different theories. All I want to know is who really made religion. Because I know it wasn't you, but don't nobody believe me. No more lies. No more death. Bring back King. Bring back X. Please, dear God, let their soul rest. Protect who's left and watch their steps. I just hope that you know that I'm still a believer, so I'll end this all by saying amen. It's Dax. Last week, a new music video from the rapper Dax hit the secular music scene, and it quickly got trending and spread. Uh, we've seen a few of his other songs. He really wears his heart on his sleeve in these lyrics. Uh, it's a genuine struggle that we find appealing. Uh, Dax is a 
different uh, than like NF and uh, other artists that do this. In that he's a secular artist. His music is very explicit, but he does talk about God in a lot of his songs. Uh, during this song, Dear God, it's written from the heart of someone who's obviously uh, a believer, but has quite a lot of questions that I think many of us have asked uh, from time to time in our journey of faith. So we're going to examine these questions, these lyrics, and see how we can respond. Uh, we've been doing this the last couple days. I would encourage you to go back and check them out. We're going to start with verse 3 today. So the first section, he says, uh, How do I know that religion wasn't made just to separate the world and create a whole disguise just to keep us in these chains while the rich get richer and the poor pray to you and perpetuate a lie. Whew, big thing. Big thing. So I've got to insinuate that the these change thing is talking about slavery. So it's 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 talking about keeping people captive, essentially. Mm -hmm. So is was religion created just to keep slaves as slaves, keep them locked down and poor while everybody else gets rich? Essentially, that's what I think he's trying to say with that. And when I examine that, I, I can understand where he would be coming from, from that perspective. Because we hear, we've heard all the stories of, you know, the slave trade, slavery in America, how spirituality was a big deal, how that often got them through. And we got all these, these slave songs and, and uh, stuff that they would use as code, you know, scripture and stuff they would use as code, songs they would use as code. Uh, for the Underground Railroad and all this other stuff. And, you know, it was a it was a big, big part of black culture as slavery was uh, happening mm -hmm. and soon to be abolished. And still is, like, you know, relationally and historically, it's still tied in deeply with that culture. And so I can see how that would equate, they could equate one with the other, that... Uh, this was something designed to do this. But at the same time, I don't think that, you know, black culture back then was force fed this as something that they need to believe in. I think this is something that they pulled strength from themselves. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, I would say that that was the freeing thing. That was the rallying cry for freedom. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, uh, crossing that over with the money issue if anything's keeping someone in chains it's the love of money it's the addiction to money it's the 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 overall need to get richer and that's i feel like the bible says that time and time again the love of money is the root of all evil you can't serve two masters you can't serve god and money you know that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and that we get so <clears throat> we can get so focused on I need, I need, I need, I need, I want, I want, I want, that we lose sight of God completely. So I honestly think it's flip-flopped. I don't think that religion was designed to, to keep anybody in chains. I think that money itself is what does it. And that while money can be used for a lot of good purposes, I think it often keeps people confined. Yeah. And stuck. Yeah. And like, I don't want to get too heavily political but that's kind of one of the things that, like, uh, the conservative movement tends to try and make clear that, you know, 
it may seem great that the left side tries to give out all these all these programs where you're getting all this money and you know Barack Obama extended the unemployment thing from I think it was 48 weeks to like 99 plus weeks mm-hmm. and removed the requirement to even prove that you were actively searching for a job which I remember when I there was one point when I tried to get unemployment when I was actively searching for a job and even then it was too difficult and I couldn't get it there was a lot of steps steps you had to do and all that's kind of been removed and hasn't been put back in place if you're coming to rely more and more and more on the government giving you money don't they kind of have control over you at that point because mm-hmm. now because it's not just a here have it it's a here have it and vote for us to keep it coming yeah because if you vote for the other guys, they're going to take it away. Mm-hmm. Isn't that chains? <laughs> that's 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 making you think you have more freedom than you do. That's what I think. Yeah. And I'm not saying that all of these programs are bad. Uh, I mean, my wife and I have benefited from some of them when we needed them. And that's fine. And, you know, our kids are still on WIC. I think that's a fantastic program. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The goal is to eventually get to the point where we're not reliant on any government assistance whatsoever. Mm-hmm. If you take away that goal, if you take away the need to even do that, if I can just not work to better myself in any way and still receive money, all this money and benefits, where's the push? Yeah. Where's the, where's the pull for me to, to, to take a step up? Mm-hmm. Hand up, not a handout. That's usually the big rallying cry from the right side. Right. If someone wants to get better, someone wants more freedom, they need to be able to stand up on mm-hmm. their own two feet at some point. And so it's a very touchy subject and I'm really trying to dance around certain words to not be offensive. But I really feel like that's what's happening. I feel like if I was completely relying on government assistance and... Uh, unemployment and stuff of that nature to the point where I could conceivably just use that uh, for most of my income. Even if it would be a, you know, I'm not saying it's billions of dollars, you know, you're getting, you're getting, it's still a tight existence. But if I had that always as my cushion, I would be much less motivated to better myself. Yeah. Search for a job rise up the ranks, learn something new, go back to college, anything like that. Yeah. So, and I know that we've talked about, we touched on the verse yesterday about how he doesn't want to get the answers from a book. And we kind of just assumed that he's talking about the Bible. But for me specifically in reference to this question, when I think about an answer to this, I think about, honestly, the Israelites. That is where I my thought immediately goes because God's whole plan was to remove them from their slavery and their bondage, yeah. which was causing the Egyptians to get richer, if yeah. you will. Um, but in that same sense, the Israelites had a sense of religion yeah. with their 
their sacrifice, you know, their animal sacrifices and their altars, that was their religion. That was, you know, you talked about it yesterday as well, the traditions that come with religion. Those were their traditions. Mm -hmm. You know, they they did these certain things in order to show their respect and their love and their submission to God. All while being removed from that slavery, being removed from that bondage that was causing the rich to get rich, you know? So if I were to answer that question with just one very clear instance, it would have to be the story of the Israelites. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good uh, connection. Yeah. Uh, Moving from that topic to another tough topic. He says, uh, I used to know a pastor in a church and I can still hear the screams of the kids that he would abuse. Mm Mm-hmm. This is an unfortunate reality, not just like in the Catholic Church, but we've also recently realized in the Southern Baptist Convention that it's a big deal in Southern Baptist churches as well. I'm sure it's everywhere, everywhere, in Mm -hmm. every portion of society. It's a small percentage of millions of church leaders and volunteers, but the problem's not at all exclusive to the church. Uh, it just jo- it does show us that there are people who give in to evil everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we talked about Judas on Monday. Judas was in the inner circle of Jesus himself, and he still gave in to evil. Uh, this kind of stuff happens. Uh, there's no easy answer for it, and it it's completely awful. But I think it becomes more uh, painful when it comes from the church because... We feel like if there's anybody we should be able to trust, it's a pastor or Mm -hmm. someone who volunteers at the church. And I understand that. But at the same time, we can't let that let us demonize, you know, all leaders, all pastors, Mm -hmm. put them all in the camp of possibly abusive Mm -hmm. uh, and keep us away from church at all. Mm Um you know, there are teachers that, that do the same thing. We hear about that every year of some teacher that has an inappropriate relationship with a kid. But we don't demonize all teachers. Right. You know, we don't say, well, my kid's just not going to go to school ever, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we can't let our mindset fall into that of, well, I'm not going to trust church. I'm not going to trust pastors because there are some bad ones out there. Uh then unless you have something to add to that, we'll just try and wrap it up because I know we're running behind. Well. Do you have something? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to cut you off. If you do, please. No, I I completely agree with what you've said. And it has been a real struggle for me on the opposite end of it. Um, because it is so popular for people to put it's so popular to put people in a box. Yeah. It's so popular. Like, it's so common to just say, well, this person did this, and they're slightly associated with it, and so they have to be a part of that box as well. They have to be a part of that title, yeah, if yeah. you will. Um, I've shared with you how I've struggled. You know, I get angry with your story, you know, and I hear the other side of it, and I want to throw my fist on a table and be the voice of reason can't necessarily do that but it just you know we had um this past year we had we talk about celebrate recovery we talk about freedom ranch we have um uh what's it called the lighthouse mission yeah yeah um 
it's basically a rehabilitation center here in the town where if you have an alcohol problem or a drug problem of sorts, you can come here for 30, 60, 90 days. And it, it's a program, a rehabilitation program. The lighthouse is for the ladies, typically, and the ranch is for the men. Um, well, during our last day of VBS at the church that I'm now a part of, the pastor approached me and said, what do you think about having the guys from the ranch come and help tear stuff down, put chairs up, you know, put the sanctuary back to where it was supposed to be? Yeah. My first response was, absolutely. Yeah. Heck yeah. Bring them in, you know? One, I had missed those guys because I used to see them on a weekly basis here at Celebrate Recovery and hadn't seen them for months. So I was like, yes, of course. Two, I just knew that it was a good way for the church to just say, hey, you're a part of the the community as well. But I had a moment where my heart just broke because I had somebody approach me and say, why are the guys from the ranch here? Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, they're helping. You know, they're going to get the chairs back in the sanctuary. And her response was, but my kids are here. (sighs) And I looked at her and I said, and so are mine. And she just looked at her daughter when she realized she wasn't going to get the response from me that she wanted. She looked at her daughter and said, don't leave my side. And that just broke my heart because there's so many within our community, within our church community, who are being labeled and being judged by something, by one choice, by one decision, and not even by a decision that they made, but by a decision that somebody who they know And now they're in this box. Now they're in this label. And for that to be what we point out and what we lean on instead of, heck yeah, bring them into the (laughs) church, instead of that being our response, it, it shows to me personally the corruptness that's within the church. And it doesn't just happen with the person behind the pulpit. Yeah. You know. So for me, I feel like I've said for me a thousand and two times. <laughs> um, but for me, it's not I it's not that I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. I can't <laughs> I can't I feel like I'm you right now cuz I don't want to say anything that's offensive. Right. And that's going to sound inappropriate. Um, While it is a hard topic, while it happens more often than what we want to admit, while it sucks, while it's awful, that should never be a reason to keep you out of the church, and it should never be a reason to turn you away from the church. Yeah, I agree. And the last and final question that we're going to address is he asks, Dear God, do you hear me? And uh, the answer to that, of course, is he does. Uh, doesn't always feel like it. And that's true of all of us. Uh, but he's there. He's there. He's listening. He's feeling what you're feeling. And he wants the best for you. Uh, there's even more to this song worthy of discussion, but I think that we've delved into it enough for our purpose. Uh, even though it's a secular song and some parts seem, uh, that he is speaking very disrespectfully to God, in my opinion. Uh, it's clear from Dax's larger body of work that he does consider himself a believer, though a struggling one. And honestly, the that vulnerability and uh, 
willingness to open up and share about his faith struggles is admirable, something that we should all strive to do. Uh, we'd all be better, uh, better off being a little more honest in that way. So, uh, if you'd like to check it out, check it out. Dear God by Dax, just be prepared. It's it's rough, and there's a lot of cursing in it. It yeah. But uh, the vulnerability part is what we admire, and uh, we need more of. So I, I'm going to say something real quick, Matt. Do it. As I was listening, again on the way this morning to the song, just kind of refresh my yeah. memory. I kind of thought. What would be my response if somebody we talked about um, cussing yeah. in in Christian songs? What would, but this kind of to me takes it to another level. Yeah, there was a lot, and the f bomb was right away. Yeah. Um, but for me, so I had to have that moment of how would I respond? What would I say? And for me. When I get passionate about something, when I am really overwhelmed with emotion, whether it's a good emotion or a bad emotion, I cry. That's just how I, Yeah. that's just how it comes out. That is how my passion looks in physical form, if you will. Yeah. And I truly believe that for Dax, that's the case. That's just how his passion comes out. Yeah, and I and I completely agree with you. I don't think I think that there was one time in the entire song that I was like, now that one wasn't necessary. But every other word felt like a real f- emotional response. Exactly. I would I would completely agree with that, and that's kind of where we landed when we talked about that on the show before. Yeah. Is that you know we're not all that against genuine emotional uses of curse words right and in fact i don't even think that goes against the biblical verses that we see about cursing and close yeah. language and stuff i think that's more about jokes and how we interact with others and insult other people right not genuine emotional responses but whether you're here or there what you know what we're saying is that we shouldn't be just judging this song bad because it has curse words in it. Right. Now, of course, we're not going to play it on the radio station because of that reason, but that's a... Because Matt is the one who chooses the music a, on the radio that's station. A, that's, <laughs> a, that's an overarching poli- policy decision, <laughs> but it shouldn't reflect on the genuineness of his heart when right. he's singing the song. Uh, the emotion is very present. The struggle is very real. And uh, like I said, if we'd be better off if we were all more honest in that way. So, yeah. yeah I and do. I definitely don't want to dismiss it and don't want to dismiss his emotions and his the, the truth that's behind this song. Yeah. Because there is an amount of truth behind this song. These are questions that we all, at some point, will or have struggled with, yeah. have dealt with. And for me, because I'm a visual person, it was just... As I'm listening to the song, I can just visualize, you know, with every question that he asks, I can just visualize God wrapping his arms around him and just answering everyone, you know, in a loving and a peaceful father-like manner to his son who is just hurting and so burdened, you know. And I think you want, uh, speaking of emotionally, with that video, especially when you're watching the actual video that he made for it. Yeah. At the end, he says, you know, I'll wrap it all up by saying amen. Yeah. And then as it's fading out, you hear him, like, whisper. It's very, like, emotional thing. It's Dax. 
you know, it's like he's begging for a response. Yeah. You know, this, it's me. Please yeah. come talk to me. Yeah. Kind of thing. And so I, I really felt all of that, all of that emotion really hit with just that last it's Dax yeah. thing uh, in that song for me. And so, I mean, I, I, I agree. And that's it for our our look back at this uh, incredible song, incredible heartbreaking song. And I hope that through listening to basically our, our line by line of the entire song here on one show, that you are actually able to connect with with uh, the artist and with those questions that I'm sure uh, that you have struggled with at some point, maybe not all of them, but maybe some of them for sure. Uh, it's, it's really hard for us to, to go through this entire faith journey without experiencing some of these questions. Uh, and I hope that our discussion helped. Uh, maybe you kind of understand you know, some of the answers that we do already know when these questions come up and some of the answers that maybe we've learned. And sometimes these answers can be a bit different for, for, uh, individual people, but hopefully the least gets you thinking in the right direction. Uh, we're going to take one more break. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, I got a little bit of a personal update and you'll get to meet my oldest son. Uh, so yeah, that'll be fun. Stick around more back row to come. What up, nerd? Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. We hope you're enjoying it. But hey, did you know that Love Thy Nerd airs almost all of its podcasts first on LTN Radio? That's right. LTN Radio is your home for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie music. And it's also the place to go to hear Love Thy Nerd's content before it reaches the podcast feed. In addition to that, Love Thy Nerd creates a lot of content that's exclusive to LTN Radio that you're missing out on. So go check out ltnonair.com and listen for yourself. You can also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone and search in favorite LTN Radio or enable the LTN Radio skill on your Echo devices and simply ask Alexa to play Love Thy Nerd. Now let's get you back to that podcast. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show as things are winding down for the day. Uh, but first, I want to give you a, a little bit of an update about what's going on. Uh, <laughs> where the heck is Mo and what is happening? Oh, okay. So last week we had to do, uh, I, I did one show by myself and then we had two episodes that were kind of like this, uh, a, a special collection episode that we put together from, from previous content. Um, because last week, right before the day we were going to be recording all these, Mo found out that her husband had been around someone with COVID a couple of days before. And so her husband went and got a rapid test done. We have a, we don't have them in our area. We have to drive uh, 20 minutes out of town to another town <laughs> to get a rapid test done. Um, but she, he went and got a rapid test done and came back positive she went and got one then right after that and she came back negative but she was you know of course around him uh there's there's been some 
speculation. I haven't heard a whole lot about it, but but this actually came from the doctor there to her. And so this is my first kind of official source that I've heard it from, that uh, because she has type O blood, she uh, might not actually contract COVID-19, but she could still carry it, still could, like, you know, be contagious, essentially, with it, even if she's not actually experiencing the full brunt of it. Uh, so... We, we we were cautious. We took we took an abundance of caution uh, and decided not to record together last week and hoped that we would be able to get together uh, yesterday, Monday, to record today's show and tomorrow's show. Uh, and uh, then last Thursday morning, last Wednesday actually, my wife and I were both very exhausted all day. Like we were just falling asleep. But we only got like four hours of sleep the night before. Just a bunch of different circumstances just kept us from getting a good good night's sleep. And so we just thought it was that. We just thought we were just both so worn out. Uh, Next morning or that night, we slept like 10 straight hours. 10 straight hours. Kids didn't come and wake us up. Nothing. It was great. Um, We woke up. I was feeling okay. But, you know, you know, sometimes when you sleep really long period of time, really hard. You kind of wake up and you're kind of just like in a weird funk for a little bit. Takes you a while to like get acclimated to being awake. And so I thought that's what I was feeling. I was just like, yeah, I'm just trying to wake up. Well, 10 o'clock rolled around and my wife walks in the door. She had left work, came home because someone offered her a piece of coffee cake and she took a bite and could not taste or smell Anything, no cinnamon, no sugar, no sweetness, no nothing. And uh, so, yeah, that that turned our, our Thursday upside down right there. Like, okay, well, looks like we're going to get a rapid test. So we loaded up the whole family and and uh, paid a butt ton of money to get a get two rapid tests done. They, those aren't the free ones, guys. They're the expensive ones. But uh, we got to find out right then and there that uh, Daedra tested positive. I still tested negative, but um, we actually think that Daedra got it the previous Friday um, from work. Someone must have come into work with it because her boss also got it. Uh, and her boss has been being super careful. Like the it, Essentially, we've said if her boss could catch it, then there's nothing anybody can do to stop from getting it because he's been so careful. Uh, so yeah, so we think that she got it then. So I tested negative and we think it, the doctor thinks that it's because it might just be a little too early for me to test positive, even though I was showing symptoms. Um, and Daedra might've been showing symptoms before, but she's pregnant. So, you know, she feels sick every day. So who knows? Either way, it's very clear that I have it. It's very clear that she has it. We have the exact same symptoms, except I haven't lost my sense of taste and smell. So uh, I do apologize if I feel a little lethargic, but yeah. So I got a home studio set up, which uh, just happened luckily, fortunately. I had ordered some of this uh, studio equipment for uh, a home streaming setup had I ever needed it, and it happened to come in that same day. And so I've got a nice little studio set up here, nice mic, nice everything, and uh, working with what I got here. So things might sound a little bit different just because I'm I'm having to work on a different computer, so I don't have any of my old files saved, so I'm having to kind of build stuff from scratch today. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a journey, and uh, it's not fun. 
Uh, if you've been fortunate enough to not catch COVID yet, just, you know, I wouldn't recommend it. You know, zero stars. Uh, you know, it's not it's not as bad as uh, some people can get it. I've, I've clearly got, you know, mild symptoms, which is nice because, uh, you know, the tough symptoms like struggling to breathe and all that, that, that sounds awful. Um, I just kind of feel like it's it feels like you have the flu. But uh, I'm fortunate enough to not have the vomiting. So it's like having the flu, but without the vomiting for me. But that includes like, you know, when you throw up all day and the next morning all your shoulders and chest and everything is sore. Well, I have that. But I haven't done anything to cause that. So like all my muscles are sore constantly. Uh, the worst thing I get is a, uh, a headache right in the center of my forehead. It comes on a couple times a day for about an hour. And at that point, I can't do anything. Uh, but, uh, other than that, it's just tired, just very tired all the time. Uh, so we're all here. All four of us are gonna uh, just cozy up here together and, and, uh, door dash for two weeks. So, <laughs> uh, but before we go, uh, I did want to, uh, introduce you to my son. My son has been seeing all this new equipment set up and been very excited about it. And he wanted to, to say something to you guys. And so I gave him the opportunity. I think he's going to tell us a joke. All right. This is my son, Eli. Say hi, Eli. Hi. How old are you? Six. Six. Why are we home today? Because my parents they think my parents have the virus. Oh, well, there's no thinking. We got it. All right, stop messing with my desk. Everybody's going to hear that. All right, so I have my son on. He's going to tell us uh, a joke to end our day. So you got one? Yeah. Okay, what do you got? Come, come closer to the mic. Talk to it there. Not right on it. Just right there. Come on. All right, tell the joke. <laughs> what is a fake noodle? What is a fake noodle? I don't know. Impasta. An impasta. <laughs> no, I said impasta, not impasta. <laughs> bye bye. Alright, thank you, buddy. I got a Alright, you're a ham. Alright, let me give you our verse for the day. Verse for the day is Proverbs sixteen twenty four. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, and health to the body that's going to do it for our show today be sure to check out all of what we do online at lovethynerd.com we got amazing articles on all things nerdy as well as this show ltn radio and our other podcasts and videos if you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with love thy nerd and specifically with ltn radio then please visit give.ltnradio.com love thy nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization and your gift is tax deductible follow us on all the socials at the back row ltn at ltn on air and at Love Thy Nerd. And the morning, the Back Row Morning Show has its own Facebook group community for Christian humor, Back Row Baptist Church. So search us out and join in on the fun. Lastly, just in case you ever miss a day, find the Back Row Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, etc. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave something along the lines of, hey, you know it's good. We'll be back tomorrow morning right here on LTN Radio at 7 a.m. Central Time with an encore at 9 a.m. Have a great day. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise that it's true. 
Jesus loves you, nerd.